Welcome to Very Collected Cuckoo. Sorceries, episode 13. This week, I've Collected Sorceries, a Magic the Gathering podcast. Arsenio Hall. Sweet. Rick Flair. Oh, man. Pamela Anderson. Hello. Wow. And Jeff Goldblum. So, uh, your spirit animal and, and, and boob joke. Pamela Anderson is many young boys' spirit animals, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. spirit animals. Yeah. We'll balance that out by saying I can remember one of the male actors from Baywatch and one other of the female actresses from Baywatch. They are indeed well balanced, Ethan. Was it <laughs> David Hasselhoff? Yes, who's an icon now, but at the time, probably not. Was it Yasmeen Bleeth? Yes. Those are the three names I remember from Baywatch. And I was probably just younger than the Target demo. And then David Hasselhoff was on the train Baywatch too. Yes. Yeah, Carmel Electro was the other name that was in my head when I said Pamela Anderson. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to have a poster of Carmen Electra. That was a time. Ah, Baywatch, a show that could only exist because the internet didn't yet. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's like it needed to, it it was the show, the thing that the creators of Baywatch wanted to exist, but, you know, because the internet didn't. Basically what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. wow. And speaking of beaches and wonderful times, Plains. beaches. Why don't we tell the people what uh, we're going to talk about today on Collected Sorceries, a yes. Gathering podcast, episode thirteen? Sorry, I was busy. I was looking up "Son of the Beach" because I was trying to remember that show. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Planes. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, right now, Magic: The Gathering Arena online arena is doing a series of summer beach-themed vacations to various planes. So we thought we'd take the opportunity to take you guys on a guide to some or a trip to some of the planes and talk about what odds we were willing to give them showing up in the soon-to-be-made animated Netflix Magic: The Gathering. Uh, what plane do you want to go to, and what do you pack? A Boeing 747 and one carry-along bag. Join me on an audio adventure to many realms and many planes of Magic the Gathering. I'm a little sad that you said that, but it's very recoverable. (laughs) I mean, a whole 747. Makes it better than my marriage. That's fair. That's fair. Now, we could do this in a a strict uh, chronological order of the order in which the planes were introduced in... uh, Magic the Gathering, but I'm too lazy, so I'm going to do them in the order they show up when you search a list of planes on Magic, Magic the Gathering on Google. All right, I am down. What's the first plane we're going to explore today? Well, Start with a D? Uh, maybe in yours. Go ahead. Maybe in your language. Oh, uh, Dominaria slash Dominia. No, that is like third down the list, Ethan. Look at the top. Fail. Well... Oh, in order of found on the web, it's it's Ravnica Zendikar Dominaria. Oh, interesting. I have Ravnica Innistrad Dominaria. But the point is, we're starting at Ravnica, City of Guilds. Ravnica, the, City of Guilds. The Ecumenopolis. Ravnica is the site of three sets of Magic the Gathering, the most that any plane that has been named by a set has had, save Dominaria. That's quite an honor. It's commercially the safest. From what I understand. It is also the setting of the recent run of Magic the Gathering comic books and the recent novel that you may all remember if you listened to last week, I really didn't like. War of the Spark. War of the Spark. Exactly. Ravnica is defined by its ten guilds, each of which represents a matched pair of colors. Oh. 
from the Barbarians of the Gruul, the Law of the Azorius, all the way to the sneaky Demir and biologically creative Simic. The oh, Demir, the Demir a totally fake guild, guild that does not exist. <laughs> now, the uh, Ravnica is also the only one of the Magic Gathering uh, products to, or IPs, I don't know. I guess we'll say ideas to make its way over into Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It's the home of the first Dungeons and Dragons campaign setting to cross over with Magic the Gathering. You can pick up a copy of the Dungeon Master's Guide to Ravnica at your local game store or Amazon.com, neither of which are paying us money for this plug. And I will. Peanut butter and chocolate. Magic and D&D. Found wherever popular videos are sold. The Brady Bunch back together. <laughs> In Hawaii. Rush going on tour. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. Oh, right. The, the very, was it the Brady movie? A very Brady sequel. A very, a very Brady sequel. There we go. Um, <clears throat> so there's Ravnica. Where, do you, where are you going and what do you pack? Uh, a good a good solid pair of shoes and sneakers. Um, uh, cold weather clothing. And three different places to store your money because it's a city and you're going to want to have a regular wallet and then like a fake decoy wallet of, with of less planes, money. Of the planes of Magic the Gathering being of nothing but city top to bottom, it is the one in which you are most likely to get mugged. Uh. That's one of the many reasons that when I go to Ravnica, I pack underlying sociopathy. Helps you fit into all of the guilds, even if you shouldn't. <laughs> it, it, it never leave home without it. Exactly, and, and coffee is real in Magic the Gathering, so you, you can get yourself a nice uh, cup of something. Now, Ravnica's <laughs> proven to be one of... Uh, Match the Gathering's most trademarkable planes, since it does, it's not a directly uh, referencing any previous, uh, previously existing uh, material, and it's probably one of their most popular. It's also the seat of the Gatewatch, a group of characters we described a few weeks back. Yeah, we so did. So I'd say it's the only plane we are 100% guaranteed to see showing up in the animated show. Gatewatch! <laughs> Gatewatch! It's like a great logo for like an 80s animated series. It's like, Gatewatch! Yes. Yeah. Of course, it also has the distinction of being, as far as describing it, one of the most boring planes. I mean, yeah, it, it's, there's really interesting stuff going on there, and there's a lot you can do with ten flavorful guilds, but, like, I mean... Like, architecturally, it's interesting. You know, the guilds are interesting. I mean, event-wise, well, is that what you're talking thing, about? When you need a place where a lot of things happen, you can't really give that place too much of its own specific angle. Because yeah. you need it to be a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, again, I think it's guaranteed to be a plane that we see a lot of. Probably the main plane for the show. Yes. It's like, It's like, does Vegas have an identity outside of it's the place where everything is happening? Yeah. yeah. Hoover Dam. Yeah, yeah Hoover Dam, CSI. I pretty much guarantee in the cards we'll be heading back, in the uh, card game rather, we'll be heading back to Ravnica in a couple sets. But in the meantime, uh, we might take a look at some of the other more thematically extreme planes we could go to. Extreme, is, like the 90s. This is a great line. Do you want to go, like... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we were talking about Dungeons & Dragons a second ago, and one plane that uh, came up fairly recently, which was inspired by Dungeons & Dragons, is the world of Zendikar! Car, car, car. Car, car. Zendikar is a plane that is known for giant Eldritch horrors trying to eat it, and for basically being the world's best D&D &D setting. 
Yeah, it's... Ah. It has plot reasons for there to be magical items all over the place, dungeons popping out of nowhere, and the land itself trying really hard to eat you. It's littered with giant magical, basically, D8s called uh, Hedrons, I guess, or, or Hedrons. So Wait. what we're saying is Phoenix. Uh, possibly. Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, land's trying to kill you. Magical um, Phoenix. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Evidently, Zendikar's probably a little bit more lush than Phoenix on account of having things like forests and islands. Yeah, it does support... It, it does happen to support a huge ecosystem of life. Well, you know, Phoenix supports oh. the Cardinals. For a given value of life, yes. Phoenix wow, supports a huge... A sorry. Crap all over sorry. the Cardinals. No, the Cardinals not in that alive. way. Not in that way, sorry. Uh, Phoenix does support a huge ecosystem of, of Cardinals. Mm. Yes. Is that better? Sure. Yeah, and like three whole Cardinals fans. <laughs> hey, nailed them. <laughs> Phoenix, one of only two cities in the world to support a huge gathering of Cardinals, along with Vatican City. <laughs> so Zendikar has been the home of two particular sets. Yeah. Um, all two blocks, I guess, right? Yeah, it's three, yeah, three sets per block. So it's like Battle for Zendikar was one of the sets, and then... Uh, yeah, so it had one block. Have we been back to Zendikar yet? I th think there might have been two Zendikar, because there's like, well, Oath of the Gate Watch. That was part of Zendikar, right? We're real good at this, folks. Real good. Yeah. Um, there's one thing I love, it's Zendikar. <coughs> yeah, Zendikar. That could be like a brand of like red beans and rice. For some reason, I keep wanting to say Zendikar to the tune of Wonder Boy by Tenacious D. Oh, Zendikar! What is the secret of your power? Yeah, according to this, we've actually had two sets on Zendikar. Uh, er the first being uh, the block consisting of Zendikar, World Wake, and Rise of the Eldrazi. There we go. Ah. Or if you're Italian, if you want to sound Italian, Eldrazi. That, this is not a good week for being Italian. It is not. When you're not Italian. My mistake. For all you know, I might be Italian. You might get thrown down some stairs. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. Well, yep. Couldn't I just walk down them? Uh, not if you're yeah, threatening person. Chris Cuomo. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do come mm -hmm. from a long line of, or a whole family of folks who that's true. are not Italian and claim to be Italian, so I, I'm oh, watch my step. That's, that's I, awkward. You also I, want to watch your step on Zendikar. It's full of traps. I, I come from a long line of people who are Italian. Oh, oh there we go. Oh. Magic, collected sorceries. At least one of us can make it. can make that kind of a joke. Strictly speaking. I can. Now, that's a spicy sense of humor. I, oh, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that's a spicy take. You notice I said it in a regular voice. Yep. Regular. I think we all appreciate that. Now, that's a spicy, now that is a spicy take. Now that said, what would you give odds as to Zendikar showing up on the show, eh? Oh, um, since Chad hails from there, uh, there might be, you know, they might show a little bit of... Wait, does Chad know? Chad's from Theros, right? You're thinking. You're, you're telling me that Kithian Jura. I was like, Kithian Jura is from magical Phoenix, Arizona. The Greek guy comes from magical Greece. Yeah, the Greek guy, the magical Greek guy, comes from magical Greece. In other um, words, I yeah. give eight to two odds to be in the show. Yeah, it's it's there's probably yeah. Sorry, if Chad Chad is from Magical Greece, aka Theros, so there's a good decent chance we might see uh, some of Theros and the not Greece version of Greece. Um, What's the chance we're going to see Zendikar? Then? Yeah, um, there's at least are any of the Gate Watch from Zendikar. 
I think Nissa is. Yeah. Nissa? Okay. So if Nissa's from Zendikar, then then there's a non-zero chance of seeing Zendikar for some portion, mm-hmm. a non-zero number of seconds on screen. Uh, Zendikar, what do you pack? Um, I think it's a well-liked yeah. set, but I think the fact that its primary inspiration is Dungeons & Dragons hurts it when they could just go to one of the planes of Dungeons & Dragons since the IP is owned by the same company. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what do you pack? T-shirt? Uh, some sort of insect repellent? A I good walking stick? A trusty machete. Oh, yes! Um, one of my favorite Zendikar... Oh, it's got that Raymond Swanland art. Trusty machete, an actual card. Also, it's an equipment card that's good enough to actually see use. Not many of those these days. Yeah. I wish my equipment still saw use. I, I, but, um, Tish? And, uh, speaking of things that are old and worn out... Oh, nailed it. I, I wish someone would. Oh. Uh, we can head to my favorite plane, a plane that Magic hasn't been back to in almost 15 years now, the plane of years. Kamigawa. Oh, Kamigawa. yeah, the... The, the, the Japanese plane. Yeah, Sengoku, which resembles Sengoku Air Japan and actually consists of two symbiotic subplanes. Uh, the, the sort of... I'm not going to say weeaboo because it's not, but it's it's all Japanese folklore. Oh, it's just prior. Oh, it's weeaboo as shit. If that's your jam, even if you're not, even if that's not your jam, it's basically Japanese folklore for days. And it was just prior. It was like just prior to anime kind of exploding. Yeah, there was definitely there was definitely uh, the, the anime. The bubble. big anime explosion of the early 2000s yeah. uh, was taking place, but the development cycle for the for for the uh, for um. Kamigawa had largely been completed before it hit real mainstream. That's true, yeah. So you get a lot more Kurosawa and old samurai flicks and actual, like, research done in a Japanese yeah. mythology than Naruto <coughs> references and Goku's playing around. Goku! Yeah. And even if even if you, you like Naruto's and Goku's, because we're a thousand years old, we say Naruto's and Goku's, even if you like that, you there's a good chance you'll still enjoy, you know, because what do Naruto's and Goku's draw from but Japanese folklore, myth, legend, history... You'll I mean, make it, even tech- without your My Hero Academias and your... That's right. ...other... Te- uh, your Bo- Borutos. Technically, <laughs> Goku pulls from Chinese myth, but, you know, good try. I mean, is it a, any worse of a try than anyone who follows DBZ and Naruto? Like, you're not wrong. I mean, this is not a podcast about the incestuous, potential incestuousness of Chinese and Japanese culture, if you go back far enough. This is a podcast about how largely does Shinto, the religion, feature in Kamigawa. How my life got flipped, turned upside down. Go ahead, Jeff. Actually, it, it features quite a bit. Yeah, you know it. The main, the main premise of the original Kamigawa block was a war between the omnipresent kami, spirits of everyday objects and concepts, yeah. and the mortal realm. Because in Japanese folklore and perhaps Chinese, I don't know, there is a god for everything, no exceptions. If one and that word rabbit hole, yeah. Called existential. That sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it was one of it was my personal favorite set yeah. because, of course, it was one of the first times I was heavy into magic. Yeah. And I think it would be a great set to go back to. Yeah. It's a little bit of actual, you know, cultural interest there, a little yeah. bit of variety. I like the style. But. Oh, it's it's the art is is hella. It's it's great. The problem is mechanically, there's a thing called symbiotic mechanics, which is mechanics that only work within a set. Probably won't apply to the animated show. <laughs> yeah. That oh, said, symbiotic mechanics. No. <laughs> that said, I unfortunately have to give Kamigawa pretty poor odds of showing up in the show. What well, does make a great thematic fit? It's not an IP that they're going to be particularly interested to push. 
cultural sensitivity being what it is these days, they mm, might not be as willing to do something that's basically a thinly veiled pastiche of ancient Japan. Yes. And last but not least, the set of cards isn't particularly well thought of and isn't in print, so they're not going to make any money pushing people's interest in it at the moment. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first one I was kind of agreeing with, but then I remember that they made that Great Wall Matt Damon movie. Which also might be argument for not continuing in that direction. Yeah, actually, because the Chinese market isn't particularly fond of Japan. And we know that we have two uh, planeswalkers specifically uh, made for the Chinese market. Oh, there was the, the Global Series. Yeah, kind of hard yeah. to ignore nowadays in most aspects of life. The Chinese market is huge. I think yeah. if we're not, if, well, I don't think we're going to go to, to uh, back to Kamigawa, but I would be surprised if we didn't see a new plane, maybe with a sort of a... Wuxia Kung Fu influence and ancient Chinese vibes. And, and as a nerd, as a nerd, I'd be okay with that. Not to conflate Japanese and Chinese culture, but let's be realistic. Americans do that all the time, and as long as there's one Asian plane out there, I don't think people are going to argue too much about it. I don't think so. I think that if America's culture wasn't so ridiculous, more of the East would still homogenize our idea as Western culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then Americans' culture got completely ridiculous, and at at some possibly point, possibly broke that stereotype for some of the wrong reasons. Yeah. Now that said, speaking of uh, mashing all of Asia together, I just implied there was only one Asian plane. In fact, I can think of two more one. inspired by Asian cultures, uh, and we'll start off with the one that I don't know quite as well as Ethan does, Kaladash. Oh yes, <laughs> um, it's very charitable uh, charitable of you to to give me that. Um, I mean, it's probably accurate, but uh, Kaladesh is, is sort of my jam, but it's also it's it's a set that pre-released in 2016, and so you know I was focused on other things, but it's a set that is basically a I want to get this right uh, Indian subcontinent themed steampunk adventure. It and, did sound very very. Uh, <clears throat> sort of Arabian yeah it's the it's a, a a yeah it's an actual term from from that language uh that means the world of tomorrow and uh kaladesh uh, tomorrow. does give us our first uh ethnically indian planeswalker insofar as uh somebody can be ethnically indian if they're not from you know earth uh, that would be Sahili. Yes, Sahili Rai. Although there's arguments could be made for Chandra, since she's also from the plane, though she she's traditionally drawn as being very, 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 very white. I mean, I think one of her parents. I, I think the idea is one of her parents is very pale, and one of her parents is because it's her parents are. She Kia, has curly red hair and freckles. Even I was going to say as white as they come. Pia and yeah, but Kira she was Nalar. born there. She was born in Kaladesh. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying. I was born in you know on you know the. Pacific Northwest, I, I don't have, you know, uh, what is it, flip-flops and, you know, hemp, a hemp necklace and... So before this gets horribly offensive, let's move on to describing I'm, the I'm talking about yourself. Also, I think you're state. kind of disproving yourself, because when I think of cliches of the Pacific Northwest, I think of you as infinitely more likely to embody them than most of the other people I know. Oh, that's fair. Um, totally. So Sahili Rai, yeah. Kaladesh um, is the steampunk plane yeah it's one of the most technologically advanced of the planes uh, featuring magic cards um things like trains planes and automobiles oh shit yeah they had it had a set of there's a card called inventors fair because the whole idea is it's like a world's fair which is great for someone of me who is not alive when any of the world's fairs were happening um but it's yeah everyone shows up and they bring all their inventions and so there's a series of cards called the masterpieces 
and they're just like you know unique card borders and you know super detailed art and real squiggly um i'm selling this so well yeah well, i mean kaladesh definitely had some interesting cards and i think that uh pulls in its favor for being a plane that's going to be uh, featured in the show it's re- relatively recent and beloved i also think it's almost certain to show up because it's chandra's home plane chandra. and she is going to be the main character of the animated show yeah what else? Uh, some Chandra. At this, the risk of... Oh, uh, go ahead. I would give 9 out of 10 odds that at least once in the first few episodes, Chandra pops into her mom and dad's place for a bowl of that homemade curry. Ah, Chandra! <laughs> at, at, at the risk of breaking one of our, you know, so-called, you know, one of our rules, uh, I uh, some of the information... My first encounter... Uh, there's someone on Twitter who's really good with this and his name is uh, oh, Shivam. Oh, that rule. Oh, that rule. We didn't have any rules, and then I realized we do have. We do rule. have a rule. And that rule so is, stop just, plugging other people's shit. I, I won't and plug. You're breaking it. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know this. I've been plugging plugging stuff all yeah. night. You're usually plugging things that are relevant, though. Oh, very relevant. Okay, well, for general things. He's someone who knows more than me about Kaladesh because he is. I'm going I'm to hedge my bets here. Uh, he is uh, of that group and also studies, big fan of uh, Mughal-era Mughal. culture, which is a subset of the Indian subcontinent. I'm, I really want to be, like, you know, uh, I really want to be cool here. And be he cool. studies it, and he is, his name is uh, Shivambat, uh, at Girapur Gears on Twitter, I believe, or Girapur Gears on Twitter, and he did a whole thing on another show about uh, the cultural origins of Kaladesh and how there's a bunch of cards that are specific callouts to things in uh, Indian slash Mughal culture. That sounds very interesting and informative. What other show did he do that on? Is that a genuine question? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, It was an episode of, I believe it was an episode of Tap Tap Concede, which is the the show done by the Loading Ready Run slash Loading Ready Live crew. That is valuable information. Now you need to stop plugging the competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that said, if we're going to be uh, vaguely uncomfortable by talk- by being three white guys alone in a room talking about ethnic issues... You I spoiled think- it! I think we should go to another place yeah. that's vaguely <laughs> ethnically uncomfortable. Rabia! Rab- you didn't- they didn't know we were two and or two slash... Or maybe three white guys in a room. We're definitely three white guys in a room, Ethan. Spoilers! I think we confirmed several yeah. episodes ago that I, I think am so. actually a ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. One ghost and and one, another or two other white guys well, in a room. Well, I am a ghost of what is technically a white guy. I'm just saying, if your skin's pale yeah. enough to be translucent or is translucent, you're white. I'm slightly darker on top. Uh, anyway, go ahead. But to bring it back to my brilliant segue. Yeah. yeah. The plane of Rabia is an old plane in Magic's history, and it... Uh, was what they needed to do when they needed to create a reason why a set based on Arabian Nights Arabian managed to make its way Nights. into magic. It's not Arabian Nights, it's a Arabian Night. I believe it's pronounced <laughs> Arabian Nights. No, like Arabian, Arabian days. days. You're probably right. Shit's tighter than tight in a lot of good ways. Ah, oh, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Robin yeah. Williams, what yeah. a man. I met him once. Someone did a great... Uh, oh, yeah. The plane of Rabia is interesting because what Magic did in the uh, back in the old days, they had a lot more references to um, 
now I'm not going to say popular culture, but to classic literature and things like that. Shakespeare quotes on cards. Einstein shows up in the art for at least one. Rome's um, based on Scheherazade. Exactly. Yeah, I think one of the cards is actually Scheherazade. Yeah, and that's the thing. They decided to make a set based around uh, Arabian Nights, which is to say um, Aladdin and that whole thing. Aladdin actually has a card, as does Aladdin's ring. Um it's got evil viziers and viziers. magic carpets, and it's pretty much Disney's Aladdin the Magic Set. Um, that said, I think we can say there is a 0.000% chance of us going back to Arabia, because it is maybe a little bit uh, culturally insensitive these days. And, I'm more optimistic. I mean, I, mean, I was going to say, as long as you're honest, there's probably there might be an, an equal number of people who are like, they wanted to be respectful. You know, they went they went to there, meaning that plane. They wanted to be respectful. True. There's know. one other reason why I don't think we'll be going there. Oh, yeah. The reason they were able to make the set is because everything in 1,000 and uh, the uh, oh, yeah. Nights is in the public domain, domain, so they can't copyright any of it. True that. So, yeah. goodbye, Arabia. We'll never I mean, see you again. Downside, you know... It was the 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 good news is they can't copyright any of it. Any of it. The bad news is they can't copyright any of it. You never know. It might show up as yeah. a cameo at some point. Yeah. Hey man, there's a reason the Imperial Guard became the Astra Militarum. <laughs> Astra Mila, what now? You're in the guard, son. That's oh, right. what that's do you go when? Do you yeah, what do you? Yeah, what do you pack when you go to Kaladesh? Uh, toolkit. <laughs> uh, your your wrenches. And oh, are, are your, we doing that for every plane? I, I wanted to. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What do you play, uh, Pat, going to Kaladesh? Right? Uh, magic lamp. Good. There we go. And an underlying sense of sociopathy, just to deal with all of the denizens. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that, that works for every single one. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, magic lamp and underlying sense of sociopathy. Yeah. Just, spoiler alert. Just yeah. Just just no. Spoiler alert for one of the hosts. Just know that the lamp will look different depending on what plane you go to. Bring your sociopathy. <laughs> so if you go to Kamigawa, it you know. It'll look different, you know, it'll look more like a, you know, ancient Asian, if, I'm going to be vague enough, because if, if you're vague enough, you know, it's you pretty, almost can't pretty, be... It's pretty explicitly based on Japanese culture, you can just go with it. Yeah, but I would have to, I would have to punt and guess the right thing, at the, you know, as I'm saying it. So yes, your lantern will look like an ancient Japanese lantern when you, when you go there. Even, and, and you know, a, a kami will come out and grant you three somethings. Much like Kingdom Hearts, yeah. all of your belongings will theme themselves to the realm. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. While we're talking about planes that uh, pull from the public, from the, uh, public yeah. domain, I think the next one pulls from the most well-known set of uh, myths and stories, the Plane of Theros. I was going to say, Home of Minotaurs, Hydras, Zatziki, and slightly <laughs> different versions of mythical uh, heroes so that they can be copywritten. <laughs> Ah, the mythology of the American West. Apparently, Ethan thinks, uh, apparently well, Ethan thinks that cucumber yogurt sauce is hilarious. Well, I love it. It was just that you did the shopping list joke. You mean bread, uh, bread eggs, milk, milk? Yeah, or milk, bread, eggs, squick. Well, the, the one I did had the thing in the middle, and then I continued with normal things. So. Oh, yeah, it was like min yeah, Minotaurs. Yeah, there's just different strokes. But it was like Minotaurs, Hydras, and Zatziki. Oh, my. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, Theros, in case you hadn't guessed uh, from the name, yeah. which is The Heroes without a space in it. Oh, it is. It. I, <laughs> yeah, it, it's based on the My old brain. Greek epics, and they've got very copyrightable versions of assorted uh, ancient Greek heroes and some nicely modernized versions of some of the Greek uh, monsters. Instead of one Minotaur, there's armies of them. 
plenty of hydras, legions of cyclopses, and some of the most thematically flavorful cards of all time. There's a card called Eye Gouge. Yes. That gives a creature minus one, minus one, but if you use it on a cyclops, it kills it. Yeah, for one black. Now that's skill. Yeah. And just amazing flavor. It's the home plane of Gideon Jura, or Chad, as we like to call him. Kaitian Jura. Or what, like Kaitian Jura? I'm trying to get real. Yeah, his original name was Kithian or something along those lines. I'll give you that. But uh, anyways, Chad, Meat meat Slab, or Gids, depending on which part of uh, the magic fandom you're coming from here. Gristle McThornbody. Yeah, he he comes from there. Butch Deadlift. It's also a very well-remembered set. Deep mechanics, including uh, the original appearance of the first, or one of the first monocolored supporting themes, uh, Devotion. And Ethan just showed me a picture of one of my favorite cards from the set to remind me it existed, Uh, the Acroan Horse. Yeah. There's some specific things that are like, change the name, leave everything else. The Acroan Horse, the, what is it, the Brass... Or was it Bronze Bull? I believe, which is... I think that's in New York. Scary. Uh, different bull. No, this is a hollowed-out bull. Yeah, let's not describe no. that. We'd like to keep the show at least moderately kid-friendly. Yeah, it's it's not great. The good news um, is that this plane has all kinds of gods. It does, yeah. Got gods for every flavor and color of magic. And most of the color combinations as well. Yeah. Yes, um, you've got one of the gods is literally called Heliod. Or, or as we called him at one point, Helicopter Man. Yes, uh, Heliod, based on Helios the Sun. He's the Sun God. The and, White God. Uh, the head of the Pantheon. And I'm... this is one of the planes that's kind of entertaining, because in the original Greek myth, Zeus is portrayed as being kind of a dick. Yeah, and in this, Helios kind of... is, spoiler alert, kind, kind of, of a, a dick. dick. Mm-hmm. But with uh, such, wonder- such wonderful flavor as cards like Chain to the Rock... Referencing the fate of Prometheus, the yeah. aforementioned eye gouge, the Acroan horse, and references to literally every other thing you could possibly ask for. Yeah. If you're big into, into uh, Greek literature and myth, this is the plane for you. It's your jam. Yeah, Whatever. there's there's literally there's literally a spear or sorry a set called uh, Journey to Nyx where they go to their version of the underworld, which is called Nyx. Ah, uh, I get it. Ah, Nyx. <laughs> so it means night. Does it? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yep, I actually, the name from the Greek gods or Greek uh, gods of night. I'm not sure Greek, or maybe that's a different derivation. The point, though, is yeah. they're, uh, yeah, not, not the most creative name in the world, but a yeah. good one. Yeah. That said, Hoplites. I'm not sure what to give odds as for Theros for uh, whether or not it's going to show up in the show. It's a distinct plane and definitely well thought of, but uh, it's not necessarily as marketable as some of the others. <laughs> Yeah, even even though they have versions of stuff that are copyrighted, it's a little bit <laughs> tough. I give it a sixty-six percent chance to show up. Uh, uh, Seems reasonable, especially if there's going to be any cards uh, going there in the or sets going there in the near future. What do you okay? What do you pack going to Theros? Uh, hmm, a stable economic system. Stable economic system. A good pair of sandals. Mm-hmm. A sword. A sword and sandals. Yeah, a sword, sandals, stable economic system. <laughs> And maybe a spear and a hoplon, too. Oh, for sure, for sure. There you go. Spear and, of course, an underlying and a hoplon. Sense of sociopathy, so you can pray to all God gods. I was going to say, your, your dental floss, because there's going to be a lot of stream meat. Heck. going to be a lot of lamb. 
For those of you who remember, who've uh, read those old Greek epics, an underlying sense of sociopathy, you'd blend right in. Yeah, you need it. It's yeah. important. Yeah. Oh, also a set for the origin of one of the most, uh, one of the more iconic nickname cards, uh, Gary, a.k.a. Grey Merchant of Asphodel. And that's why cards get nicknames, because no one wants to say Grey Merchant of Asphodel every damn time. Exactly. I cast Grey Merchant of Asphodel, where'd everyone go? I was saying a long sentence, and then everyone left because they lost interest. Yeah, although it does lead to, it does lead to having to admit that you were garyed to death, which does sound kind of dirty. Night, Gary. Meow. Uh, next up on the listo. listo. Do you want to do? Do you want to do Innistrad? Do you want to do? Uh, see, Innistrad. We could do. I mean, I'm okay with Innistrad. Yeah, we could do... I'll get it out of the way now before we start. Okay. In Estrada de Vida. <laughs> Don't you know that I'll always play blue? I won't always play blue. You, you know, Innistrad yeah. does... Uh, it, the name does sort of give us uh, an idea for the plane. I mean, anything that com- that combines the name Lestrade and the name Innsmouth is probably going to be at least moderately uh, horror-themed. I didn't realize that. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, it is literally the gothic horror plane. Yeah. Uh, you want Wolfmen? They've got Wolfmen. You want Draculas? They've got Draculas. Wooden you stakes. want Frankensteins? They got Frankensteins. Frankensteins m- z- monsters. They got those too. Yeah. In in addition to that, they have villagers with torches and pitchforks. Villagers. They have torches and pitchforks as equipment cards. Zambies. Zambies. Z- no, uh, Zambies. Uh, uh, fish with a few too many eyes that are that are a little too big. Uh, vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, what else is a, a horror staple? Mad scientists. Homunculi. Yep, there's a, there's a homunculus. Yeah, there's there's mad scientists. There's the things we mentioned previously. There's angels and demons, though those are pretty much a dime a dozen. And how did they one. get Dan Brown to write fluff for Innistrad? That's the whole. I'm so glad they didn't get Dan Brown to write fluff. For oh yeah, Innistrad. the fluff for Innistrad almost <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, Innistrad has the uh, advantage of being home of one of. Uh, one of Magic's most popular planeswalkers, the Edgelord himself, Self. Soren Markov. Oh, Insert that sounds. He does look a little bit like Saruman, what with the pale hair and all that stuff. Saruman Markov. Do you ooh, want? Yeah. I think if we're if we're gonna go back to casting, I'm gonna say it right now. Christopher um, Miller comes back from the uh, dead yes. to play Soren Markov. Hey, I heard you needed someone to do a thing. Seriously, he liked mm. metal enough, I could see him volunteering for that. For sure. Yeah. Ah, man, it's been too long since I've played Arkham Horror. Arkham, Arkham Horror? Arkham Horror. Yeah, that said, um, it wasn't too long before Innistrad did have a little bit of the uh, Lovecraftian vibe. The horrifying eldritch creatures known as the Eldrazi from beyond uh, Mortal Ken did yeah. show up there in its second block. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because... Uh, lore-wise, these the the plain the citizens of Innistrad, it wasn't much different from like their normal day-to-day life because it's like, oh, you know, zombies overrun a town, and a bunch of you know things get wrecked. That's Tuesday, so it's like, uh, you know, the Eldrazi show up on Innistrad in Eldritch Moon, and it's like Meredith, bring me my slightly sharper cleaver. You know. 
Yeah. Bring me my slightly larger pitchfork. Well, that's when, you know, it's former enemies become friends in an amazing twist of fate, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, you imprison the Frankenstein's monster, and then the Lovecraftian creature show up, and you're like, quick, um, free the Frankenstein's monster! Yeah, we need yeah. help! We need, yeah, there was a, a quote about that on another show where it was like, well, you know, we're all known quantities. You're, you're a Frankenstein's monster, so you're very clearly, you're just that. And you are a, a Dracula, and you are, you know, very clearly a Dracula. This, this big flying purple space mushroom fuck if i know what that is but but we all like like you're a werewolf sometimes and and you have extra arms attached to you you know and and bolts in your neck but we're all like you know set known quantities that purple space mushroom you know emra cool daddy oh yeah I do, I do enjoy that you managed to take a being that's supposed to explicitly be indescribable and summed it up absolutely beautifully in three words, man. Yeah, I, I took that from a, a different show. Also, uh, Innistrati Home Companion. The Innistrati, Innistrad Home Companion was almost the name for the show. That was that when we were trying to, trying to think of it. I was like, God, Prairie Home Companion, but like an Innistrad. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Innistrad, what do you pack? I mean, apart from underlying sociopathy. Uh, garlic crucifix, <clears throat> yeah. silver, maybe. Yeah, I get I get all my ancestral silver because in some you know flavors in some settings it has to be ancestral. Uh, I melt it down. I make bullets. I I bring a gun to shoot said bullets. I mean, if you know, or that, like a bow and arrow. I suppose yeah. if they don't have guns. I mean, yeah. The point is, it's gothic horror, so you're yeah. probably gonna die horribly. But I mean, at least you'll be pretty and sexy doing it. That's true, yeah, because it's gothic horror. It's like everyone is just like, you, you, wow, and you like lift up your shirt and you're like, holy shit. Well, that's why wow. I think it's being undersold a little bit. I know yeah. that it's natural at this point, but yeah. I think we're all undervaluing the value of a little bit of underlying sociopathy in a world of gothic horror. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it, it works beautifully. I mean, yeah. even the good like, guys are a little sociopathic <clears throat> in the old uh, TF, novels. TFW, when you're fighting zombies and you're a little bit of a sociopath, but you got a wicked six-pack. This is going to be one of those ones where whether or not it shows up on the show kind of depends on uh, what age group they're going for. Yeah, It's a cinch for if it's older and more mature, because Innistrad has definitely some dark themes, the witch hunts, the inquisitions, and all that. I mean... But it might also work if we're doing uh, a show aimed explicitly at kids, because, see, kids, even the werewolf, vampire, and weird zombie experiment guy can be friends. Yeah, exactly. And they can, yes. They can totally do horror for children. Haven't they ever seen Page Master? Yeah. I mean, that's an old movie, but... Uh, Movie scared the piss out of me when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. It's got some pretty scary stuff in it. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Uh, Yeah, I mean, depending on how long they show in a stride for, like, like, they could, you know... They could they could do like a crawl. In fact, I think that's the thing. I think if they go to planes on like an uh, one an episode of the week, plane of the week sort of thing. Oh yeah, they definitely get in this job pretty quickly. I yeah. think if they're doing long arcs, they're a lot less likely to go to some place that is again uh, derivative of other material, so not as likely to sell the magic brand. I am either a, like an animator's dream or an animator's nightmare in terms or of being both. a writer who would write this sort of thing. Because I would oh yeah, writing it, for animation. And they check yeah. in in Kaladesh, and then they check in in Innistrad. They're going everywhere. And the animators just, are just like, on one hand, I, like on one hand, you're just work like this is a huge pain in the ass. On the other hand, it looks pretty good. I was gonna say they'd be, yeah. like, they'd be like, wow, this is really, really rapidly changing and annoying, but also kind thank, of fun. Thank you. Yeah. I hate you. 
You're great. I gotta be honest, I hope they go to lots of planes, but for the sake yeah. of the animators, maybe they shouldn't. Yeah, probably not. They should go to as many planes as the animators can, you know, manage and see their families. They gotta do that compromise where they're like, okay, so we're gonna have an episode where they go through all these planes, yeah. but the episode right before that, they just sit in a tavern in <laughs> yeah. Ravnica for 20 minutes. They sit in the Tavnica. Yeah. The Tavnica Ravern, yeah, and it's we'll, a coffee, it's like a Seinfeld type deal. Yeah, reproduce the same <laughs> backdrop of this tavern four thousand times real quick. Yeah, Chad's <laughs> like Chad's like you're talking in here, and he's like, so you know, then I talked to them, and, and you know, and I was using my 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 battle voice, and I said it's not my battle voice, and then he was like, right, right, to battle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't think Chad's gonna mean this too much. He is dead. Who is? Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, on account of Gideon's sacrifice. Um, yeah. That said, we're, we're, there's still plenty of other planes to go to, but we're starting to run out of ones that are easy to describe. Exxon. Uh, at, oh. at this point, we're, we have one or two more, but then we're going to start getting into planes that have been involved in lots of Magic's history, and that's when stuff starts getting like, weird. Like, some of them have been rolled from whole cloth. We might have to do a part two on that one. <laughs> we might. Like, like Ixalan draws from existing stuff. Dominaria doesn't. Mirrodin doesn't. You think we should cover the one or two more that are easy to describe and then dig into the really complex stuff next episode? Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, in that case, the last plane that's really easy to describe... That or Roy will love. ...is Ixalan. Yeah. Ixalan! Pirates and dinosaurs and Mesoamerican culture and, and Catholic vampire conquistadors. Take it, Jay. Uh, yeah, pretty much exactly that. If you wanted the uh, block that has dinosaurs... Yeah. And ancient aztec sort of things. Uh, they, they definitely mix up the Aztec and the Maya a little bit there. Yeah. Along with, again, literal vampire conquistadors. And did I mention pirates? And merfolk. Minotaur slash merfolk slash yeah. siren slash monkey goblin pirates. Did I mention... Monkey goblin pirates. Monkey goblins. Monkey goblin pirates. Pirates. He said Innistrad was scary. Yeah. Oh, also, um, it's a set that's new enough. If you don't care about like standard playable, the set's recent enough that the packs are not crazy expensive. Well, technically speaking, Ixalan is still legal in standard. It'll be rotating out on uh, two months in October, meaning at that point, the remaining packs are going to be dirt cheap. Cheap, yeah. So if you want to go out and have a fun time drafting a set where you can just play a deck full of dinosaurs and you pirates... You buy a box for 180 It'll be cheaper Ish. than that once it goes out of standard. Yeah. Oh, man, so, we uh, should. And how. And how. Hey, Roy, you want to... Play a do a draft of Ixalan? pirates, pirates and dinosaurs possibly. and merfolk. Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. Once that rotates we'll out, keep an eye on it. The more the more people that put in, if we can get me and you and and like your brother and your dad. We don't need to discuss the logistics on the podcast, Ethan. If we get me and I just punt. Go ahead. <laughs> PA dagger. <laughs> now, uh, Ixalan <laughs> is a that uh, set featured some well-known characters. Uh, it gave us our first, um, I guess, Mesoamerican planeswalker slash the first one who's, um, I guess, Watley. Yeah, explicitly mm. of uh, South American-ish descent, Watley. Yeah. Uh, it also gave us a bunch of really fun to pronounce words in that. Uh, yeah. Oh, and fashion. and pirate uh, and and like Ixalan versions of pla existing planeswalkers. So like mm -hmm. you know, pirate Vraska. It's Vraska. like it's like yeah, pirate Gorgon. Like pirate Medusa lady, and it, it also gave us the one of my personal favorite planeswalkers, the red and black flaming minotaur pirate Angarath. He's yes. not from Ixalan, but he's no. in the block, and he's kind of awesome. Yeah, he's also known as what Ang uh, Minotaur Dad or like angry 
Well, I, I'm going to tell you, his name is the words angry and wrath shoved together. He's got some character traits. They may or may not involve his temper. Well, because well, he, he just wants to see his kids, right? Like like he was teleported away. It, like And the joke is, like, he's got the birthday hat and the cake. And, he, and he's like, and, and, and many more. Oh. I'm going to call oh. him Liam Neeson. Yeah, every, every time, every time poor Angrath goes off plane, he gets locked on whatever plane there is. The uh, immortal sun, which prevents planar travel, has been active on exactly two planes, and he got stuck on both, both of them. That poor guy. Yeah, yeah. The planar sun was one of the crazy magical MacGuffins that Bolas needed to get to do Bolas things on Ravnica. It's floating around, so there's a reasonable chance that even if Ixalan doesn't show up in the animated show, <laughs> the unconquered sun certainly will. Or not unconquered, the, so the immortal sun, sun, yeah. When you retweet this episode of Collected Sorceries, please use the hashtag, hashtag just bolus things. <laughs> yes. That's a wonderful ca- uh, hashtag. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Then we can get get in on that. Um, I think that's it for the, like, Tarkir is, is sort of well, that, that involves alternate universes and time travel. Yeah. Don't get me started on Dominaria mm-hmm. Wrath, and whether or not we should call it Mirrodin yeah. or New Phyrexia is an argument in and of itself. Yeah. But before we call it, we should say, what do you pack Heck. for uh, Ixalan? For yeah. Ixalan? Uh, light clothing, um, protective shoes, probably. Uh, there's some, some big old bugs on Ixalan. Uh, good hat, uh, sunscreen, if you're just, you know packing real things but also you know whatever you might need I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to, to go the safe route and say the only thing you can bring to be safe from all the dinosaurs is a Jeff Goldblum so he'll definitely oh yeah bring a Jeff Goldblum yeah awesome. yeah put some holes in the box if if you bring him in a box assuming it's like the 747 oh, thing in, in um, core 2020 bag of holding just bring Jeff in the bag of holding there we go uh, uh, it's it's quite uh, spacious spacious in here uh, I, I, I enjoy it um, there's a, a wonderful mini bar, and, and uh, uh, it's it's free, which is which is quite nice. Oh, you know what? We did forget one other very easy to describe plane. What's that? Uh, Egypt. Oh right, Amonkhet. Yes, Amonkhet. Yes. We're gonna describe Amonkhet very simply. It's ancient Egypt. Magical Egypt. Oh, oh wait. No. Well, I guess ancient Egypt was magic in its way. It's basically um, Egyptian mythology slash yeah. ancient Egyptian history, the plane. Yeah. That's pretty much all there is to it. Maybe more zombies than ancient Egypt traditionally yeah. had. Yeah. Like, like they, they flavored I mean, the zombies. I just imagine uh, the mummy returns with Brendan Fraser. That had mummy zombies in it. Yeah. Actually, honestly, the gosh, the mummy returns mm-hmm. during Brendan Fraser is pretty much the plot of... I mean, yeah. Pharaoh comes back, turns out everything's a... He has an army that exists. He's trying to make a giant army to destroy yeah. the worlds. It, there's some definite there's parallels a, between that and the whole Scorpion King. There's thing. a bunch mm-hmm. of mummies that are oddly just doing what they did in life. You know, as everything kind of falls apart around them. It's like these very like meticulously tightly wrapped mummies just going around lifting crates and tending the fields. And it's a little odd. It's a little bit like the Innistrad, like, Martha, get me my slightly larger pickaxe. If that's the case, do they have to change all of like the gravestones so they read, he undied as he died as he lived? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I would love to write comedy, you know, for magic. Like, I would love to write comedy in that setting. It'd be amazing. It's like Soren and Nahiri. Just fuck already. I mean, not the joke I'd have gone with, but yeah, definitely. Then again, yeah. uh, if we want proper humor for the setting, let's not forget that I think something like a third of all flavor text is a joke. Yeah. I want a banana <laughs> this big. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's just the, 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 the what, grade eight, the gorilla I think with his arms apart. Yeah. 
can't remember the name of the card, but I remember the flavor text. I believe it was called Gorilla Grodd. I. That must have been an expensive get. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, you, got, you got to admit this. This this is the uh, this is Magic the Gathering, where when someone says there's guerrilla warfare, you have to ask them to explain <laughs> the spelling on gorilla because they're both fairly likely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, yeah. and if you ask which spelling you mean, it is entirely possible for the answer to be yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. If we got a little more, uh, I have my draft deck here. If you want to go over that. Oh, we don't really have time. Uh, that's, that's fine. Do we? It's already after 8. We got somewhere to be at 8.30. There we go. But uh, you can show it to be in the car. Yeah. Yeah, we can still go over it, or we could do it at the beginning of uh, next week before we get into the more complex planes, if you like. That works for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with a Magic the Gathering spitting relevant shit. Spitting relevant shit. Ding! And also going through more complex planes. Yep. Bring a sword and a hat and, and an some sandals sense of sociopathy. And some floss and a Jeff Goldblum and a bag of holding. And for the next couple planes next week, we'd recommend bringing a notebook to write it all down because yes. this is going to get weird. There it's will, about to this get will weird. be on the test. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. There's, there's a test. There's of, a test. Of some kind. And this will be on it. Yeah. See you all next week. Adios, amigos.